What does it take to found and lead a clean energy investment firm and tech company simultaneously? In this green light episode, I will speak with Uchi Esiguo, CEO and founder of Infra Energy and managing partner at Emerging Infrastructure Capital about this, as well as how his upbringing and living on two continents influenced his entrepreneurial path and energy. We will also speak about his prior experience outside the industry at Boeing, Chevron, and Citi, and how he transitioned within cleantech at NextEra Energy Resources and Key Capture Energy before launching his own companies. Thanks for tuning in to The Green Light. Now let's dive in. So I'm Catherine McLean, founder and CEO of Dylan Green, and today I have with me Uchi Usaguo. Welcome, Uchi. Thanks for having me. (laughs) He is joining us from sunny Florida. So I wanted to first congratulate you on being named to Forbes next 1000 honorees list. Uh, For those of you who do not know, can you introduce yourself and tell us a bit more about your current roles? Thanks, uh, Kathleen, for having me. So I'm an entrepreneur, uh, as you know. So my firm is Infranergy. We are focused on providing clean energy solutions to businesses and communities. So as part of that, we also offer software, which we're building to enhance people's lives, really to improve their customer satisfaction with clean energy solutions. Mm -hmm. What that looks like is essentially we help people optimize their energy savings in in their power bill Mm -hmm. and also help them to actually earn income with their battery storage, which is in their house, they could use that to trade their excess energy capacity. So essentially an energy trader in your pocket is what we call it. Before I got here, you know, I used to uh, work for the other energy companies, spent a while in um, Next Era Energy, uh, Key Capture Energy prior to that. Mm-hmm. I had a career in, in energy and finance. The sort of benefit of doing what I do now is I'm able to integrate the finance with the energy, with the engineering elements and make impactful commitment to different communities across the world, really. So from developing projects in California to developing projects in Africa, this has allowed me to be able to do that. So it's been, it's been fantastic, really. I see on LinkedIn, says your managing partner, emerging infrastructure capital as well? Yes. Yes. Tell me about that. <laughs> Yeah, so Emerging Infrastructure Capital was the vehicle we launched to start driving investments in financial advisory, the clean energy space, and within the fintech space and the intersection of that. So Infranergy was actually birthed out of that because Emerging Infrastructure Capital, being a venture studio, the purpose is to build companies of the future. And so the first company we rolled out was Infranergy. Right. Uh, since made other investments in other companies that are related, that are similar. In nature, mm-hmm. so um, a couple companies um, in Africa that focus on in the energy space, we invested in them. And then we have recently rolled out software for climate tech. So emerging infrastructure is, is our vehicle for for those investments and also for building these companies. Okay. okay, great. And I know that your educational background is mostly sort of finance and economics. Did you always know that you wanted to apply this in the energy field? And like, how did you sort of make your way into the clean energy industry? Yeah, so I grew up in an oil-rich country, Nigeria. It's an energy-rich country, but Mm -hmm. it's energy poverty. So when you look at the society, there's a very broad strata of people from extremely rich to extremely poor, which is a negative thing because 
you have all this wealth, but you have all this poverty. So growing up there, it just made me realize that energy is very, you know, it's very, very important. Part of my interest was to be in energy. One of my first internships was with Chevron, you know, flew out to California from Philly when I was in college, um, worked there for the summer. My project was to do some competitive intelligence on Tesla and some other emerging alternative fuels. This is back in 06. I was one of the first guys to really delve into Tesla and, and figure out what they were doing back in 06. And I kind of caught the bug there with making an impact through energy, you know, worked at Boeing in the first part of my career. I went, went to grad school, uh, worked on a PhD. And while doing that, I figured I could, at that point, pivot back into energy. I did some work in investment banking, which allowed me to do some work in energy on energy deals and privatization in the energy sector. And based on that, I decided to go work for Next Era Energy at the time. Had other opportunities, other offers, but I thought this was the great, the best one just to be in that clean energy space and to be a leader within that space and manage assets, which is a great opportunity to learn, which I was privileged to do. You have certainly covered the United States of America. I mean, Temple, <laughs> which is what, Philly, right? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, Seattle, MBA, mm-hmm. <laughs> New Orleans. PhD. <laughs> now you're in Florida. Yeah, you have worked your way around the, the U.S. I have. I've been <laughs> five, five different places. Yeah. I want to talk a bit about entrepreneurship, something near and dear to my heart, obviously. Why did you decide <clears throat> to go from working as an employee at like Nextera Key Capture to deciding to found uh, your own energy company? Yeah, so it was always a passion of mine. You know, I I grew up in a community of academics and it was a great place to grow up, a warm community, very supportive, very smart people, which you kind of thought it was normal to grow up there because that's kind of all I knew, right? So doctors, professors, for me, I love the knowledge, but I also love the practical aspect of applying that knowledge and really impacting lives at scale by being Mm -hmm. an entrepreneur, not just writing papers about ideas, but actually putting those ideas into practice. Right. So, you know, as a young kid, I read very widely about the world, business, finance, just politics, geopolitics as well. Mm-hmm. So I just thought, hey, I wanted to be out there making those decisions that impact people's lives directly. So always not wanted to be an entrepreneur and just having this love for economics and finance was a way I thought would be a path towards that. Energy just intersected with that, you know. I grew up around a lot of my parents' friends who were professors and also in economics and finance and just having that love for just commerce, right, made me want to step into this. But growing up how I grew up, my parents are sort of bearish on entrepreneurship since they're professors, right? So they always encouraged me to do that only when I had enough experience. And I, I actually started off the first time I actually ventured out to be, be an entrepreneur on a full-time basis was back in like 2011. Caught some of the harsh re- realities of that and figured out that I needed to have a very solid resume. That way, when I eventually come back to being an entrepreneur, I could open doors pretty seamlessly. They look at you and they figure out that you walk the talk, you talk the talk, you know what you're talking about. Right. That was why that uh, timing made sense for me. But I always say to people when they say, are you nervous to start your own company? Like, what if it doesn't work out? You know, sort of more risk adverse people. I just think, okay, well, if it doesn't work out, I'll go work for another recruitment company. 
<laughs> where they take 50%, 75% of, right. of your money. You know, you know what I mean? Like the job market is very hot in our space. So worst case scenario, you can always go back, but I don't mm-hmm. think failure necessarily is what drives you as an entrepreneur. You know, I, I don't think that you can look at it negatively like that. I don't ever think about failure. I'm always thinking about like, there is, it's not an option. The upside, you know what yeah. I mean? Upside yeah. is, yeah. Absolutely. You got to focus on the positive. Mm-hmm. We're in a very large industry. There've been some big developments. The industry is over $2 trillion globally. Yeah. I mean, the U.S. passed the BIL, which is the bipartisan infrastructure legislation, yep. passed mm-hmm. the IRA, which is the Inflation Reduction Act. Mm-hmm. And so I think that the world and the U.S. recognizes that climate change is, is real. And mm-hmm. the energy transition is very much required to really help reduce the temperatures globally, right, to adhere to Paris commitment. So we're in the center of a big opportunity. Personally, I'm very privileged to have been able to work in some of the companies I worked for to, you know, soak in all that knowledge and lead projects and be able to contribute in my way to the efforts. Yeah, so yeah. of course, entrepreneurship is not a bed of roses, right? You know, work very long hours, uh, to say the least. It comes with its own benefits as well. There's the upside. Yeah. There's also the downside, but we take yeah. it all. Good. Did you have any mentors that inspired you to focus on clean energy or starting your own business? So I had mentors from a professional perspective. I didn't have so many mentors that I should have had more professionally. Personally, I had people I looked up to who I grew up around and who were professionals probably more so informal than formal. Right. And I think that it's great to have a more formalized mentor-mentee relationship, which I didn't take advantage of as much as I should have in my career. But whenever I did take advantage of it, I found them very beneficial. Some of the mentors I had, for example, when I was at Boeing, one of our, our leaders, the director was my mentor, and he encouraged me to take on a leadership role which was to drive lean, what they called at the time, lean plus, which was like mm-hmm. cost savings, drive-in improvements and processes. And I was a pretty young kid, early 20s, leading a team of nine people who were like way older than me on like projects. And we actually won the lean plus award within finance, over 30 different teams, we won that. Wow. Because, and that gave me a lot of exposure and a lot of confidence as well in myself to do other things like that. And that was based on the director giving me that advice to do that. And and that worked out, even though at first I was pretty scared of taking that big opportunity, (laughs) uh, but it worked out and I learned a lot. Yeah, I think, you know, it's great to get mentors. And actually right now I'm in a couple of different organizations. Like, you know, you may know I'm in the uh, CBN and also uh, Clean Tech Leaders Roundtable, which which I have a mentor as part of that as well. So yeah. and we also kind of peer mentor each other and learn from each other, but, you know, best practices, um, lessons learned. And so I call it a, a virtual cycle of, of learning. I'm, I'm keen on learning all the time. So doing that more. Yeah. Just a quick shout out to Clean Tech Leaders Roundtable, because that's obviously, well, obviously that's how we got introduced through Angela Luke Um, So I'm a big fan of CTLR and uh, do a lot with them in DC. Tell me a little bit about SoBlocks AI. Yeah. So uh, SoBlocks AI is the platform that we're developing. And the vision is a suite of different tools. 
it's a virtual power plant platform. And okay. what a virtual power plant is, is a platform that aggregates and connects different, you know, solar powered batteries, heat pumps, uh, other distributed energy resources that you have in your home or your business and monitors them. So you can monitor them remotely on an app and we can from our back end, we use artificial intelligence to monitor your usage. And the benefit mm -hmm. of that is that helps reduce your power bill. So we monitor your demand. We also monitor supply of energy. And so as part of benefiting you at home for your power bill, we also benefit the grid because we can reduce demand on the grid when mm -hmm. the grid is stressed out the most. And that helps prevent blackouts. You know, when you look at the US, the US has more blackouts than any other developed country, which is on wow. We have over 200% more blackouts than we did back in 1984. So we're supposed to be getting better, not worse. We're getting a lot worse. And so um, the software is meant to help correct that. And how do we correct that? By aggregating thousands of these devices together, we can make a major impact on the grid by helping the grid become more stable. And so one of the projects I'm proud about is one of our first tools as part of SoulBlocks, the platform is a power trade and pricing tool, which helps energy stakeholders in the energy market price more accurately and make decisions on how much energy they're buying and selling and at what time. So mm -hmm. accuracy of that, looking at historical prices and figuring out what, you know, like a future sort of Pandora's box on what your energy obligations are from a pricing perspective. And this helps utilities, it helps REPs, retail electricity providers with their decisions on uh, buying and selling energy output. Okay. So that's SoulBlocks. Another project I'm proud of, you know, one of the projects we've done, we, um, at the time, the largest battery project in Nigeria, the largest private sector battery in Nigeria, we developed, financed, deployed, and still operate that to this day. And we launched that about years ago now. I had the benefit of working in battery storage and my division in next era, which is called the business management division when I was out there, we manage all the projects. We have profit and loss responsibility, all the decisions for all the assets, we own those decisions. So I was responsible for all the battery storage projects in the US, all the utility scale battery projects. And we had the largest portfolio of battery storage projects, you know, Next Era being the largest energy company within the renewable energy space. So I was leading and responsible for the largest portfolio batteries really in the world. So when you look at it, that looks like a lot, but we didn't think of it that way, but that was the true impact of the portfolio of what I was doing. Right. I'm proud of because I was able to create processes for a nascent technology that was new at Next Era. It was new everywhere in the world. Right. I haven't managed batteries since 2016. I was able to optimize from the power marketing aspect. We had one of the first batteries ever to be a hedged asset, which is a financial derivative mm -hmm. to energy arbitrage, you know, launching projects where part of our revenue stream was energy arbitrage, one of the first projects to do that. Um, and then other use cases, frequency regulation and capacity. So having to do with multiple products for battery storage and multiple structures with PPAs, which for batteries are energy storage agreements, Right. Um, and, and just merchant trading of, of our output. 
was very instrumental in helping me learn a lot and become able to do what I do as an entrepreneur today with battery storage and solar. Amazing. So my last question I have for you is around, I know that emerging infrastructure capital is focused on unlocking value for disadvantaged global populations. Can you talk a little bit more about that specifically? Absolutely. So uh, when we started emerging infrastructure capital, the focus was on looking at some of the underserved populations, right? So from minorities to, you know, businesses in the middle market, helping them expand, helping them grow with pools. And so we were offering advisory. The first project we did was we offered advisory to solar developers who needed to raise capital. Okay. So we did that. Then we started investing directly and we then developed Infronigy as an offshoot of that. Got it. Uh, so right now we are still managing some of those, those investments and making partnerships that would help scale renewables and help scale um, financial technology, which really is proven penetration of financial services for the unbanked. Mm-hmm. From fintech fintech platforms to clean tech. So, so that's our focus. One of the things we're looking at and we're very passionate about is accelerators and working with partners to launch those kind of programs that help entrepreneurs who don't have a lot of experience in clean tech and in fintech. So bring them right. who's at the need to expand and grow the resources, the knowledge and our relationships. You know, knowledge is power. Mm-hmm. A lot of folks don't really know, don't have the information that they need. And we could connect the dots and help them out with growing based on the resources that we've used in the past that we found successful um, based on our lessons learned and um, based on our best practices as well. Right. Well, thank you so much for sharing your background with us and what you're up to. Mm-hmm. And it's very exciting. And I wish you all the best. Thank you very much. It's been a pleasure. <laughs> Thanks for listening to the Greenlight Podcast. Are you looking for your next role in climate tech? Join the latest growing network of clean tech professionals and be the first to know about what industry-leading clean tech companies first post new job openings, from development to finance to marketing, by checking out our website, dylan-green.com slash latest hyphen jobs. Dylan Green is transforming business through talent. You can also find us on YouTube, where we engage with today's top clean energy leaders.